welcome Calvary family to the final service of 2021. My name is Drew Phillips. I'm the associate pastor. And today we're going to be talking about crafting a rule of life. And that may be language that you're familiar with or not. This is actually a sermon series that we did over the summer and are revisiting now as we're starting to look to 2022. And so in the summer, we created these rule of life books and you can reserve one of these. We have some left over. You can reserve those uh, by clicking on the link below if you need to. The hope is that in this rule of life, we will start to plan out what our 2022 is going to look like specifically looking at three areas. We're gonna look at our spiritual life, we're gonna look at our physical life, and we're gonna look at our relational life. And today we're gonna to break each one of those down, talk about what it means and how that is going to help us craft our rule of life. Let's go do that. A rule of life, again, the idea of a rule doesn't mean like what we think about it a lot as some strict guidelines that we need to live by. But more, this is, comes from the idea of the word ruler is where we get it from. And it's the idea of like a trellis. And this trellis allows, what trellises do is they allow plants and flowers to grow up them to, to be strong and to flourish. And that's ultimately when we're crafting a rule of life. What we're trying to do is create a life as God has intended it to be created to allow that to flourish. And a rule of life is simply being intentional and conscious about making God the center of our daily lives. And as I talked about earlier, the way that's gonna happen is when we pay attention to our, our spiritual, our physical lives, and our relational lives. And when we do that, and when we are intentional about making sure that God is at the center of all of those, then we're able to be the person that God has created us to be. We're able to flourish as God has created us to do so by paying attention to those areas. Let's take a closer look now at each one of those areas as we do that. The first area of life that I'd like to talk about today is our spiritual life. And so I'd like to do that by starting with scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses seven and eight. It says this, have nothing to do with pointless or silly myths. Rather train yourself in godliness for training of the body has limited value but godliness is beneficial in every way, and it holds its promise for this present life and the life to come. So what does it mean to train in godliness? I think when we think of an area like this, we think about training our physical body, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but what does it mean to train in godliness? Well, for me, personally, it's gonna look differently for each one of us, but for me personally, it starts early in the morning, before my day gets started. I start with my time in God's word. And sometimes that is meant actually opening my physical Bible and reading it and having a plan to go through that. I've done a Bible plan in a year, which I had a big study Bible that every day I would go and I would open that up and start my day there. Um, right now it's meant I've been going on the Bible app through version and using that and using some of the plans that they have to make sure that I'm in God's word every day. Currently I'm doing an Advent one from the Bible project. But each one of these things grounds me in God's word first thing in the morning. And I try my best to get up before my kids get up. Just because again, it's, it's a place of silence, a place of solitude for me to be able to do that. And then after I'm done with my time in the word, I move to a time of prayer. For me, this is a, a staple and I use an app called the Lectio 365 app. And it's based on this ancient practice of Lectio Divina where you pray over scripture. And the thing that I love about that is that there's an audio version, so it's about nine minutes. And through that audio version, I'm guided through some time of prayer, through God's word, um, 
by some people who are way better at it than I am. And so it's such a benefit for me. And then after that's done, I, I usually at that point will just sit and see if there's anything else that God has for me to pray for, for other people for that day. And then if I've got a little time after that, there are times that maybe I'll pick up a book and I'll read it. But that's how every day I train in godliness. I train by spending time in God's word. I train by spending time in prayer early in the morning because I know when I start my day off there, I'm going to act and be the person that God has created me to be when I've grounded myself in that. What, what does that look like for you? What are some of those practices? What are some of those habits spiritually in ways that you can connect with God early in the morning? Maybe you're an evening person. Maybe it's a late in the afternoon, late in the evening, or a lunch. There are some people who do uh, prayer hours, fixed hours of prayer, where they just pause throughout the day, set times to pray and to connect with the Father. We need to pay attention to these things because these are going to have greater value even than the physical training when we are connecting with God. I mentioned earlier the Lectio 365 app. Uh, they also have an app called Lectio for Families. And this is designed so for you and your family, if you've got young ones in your home or if you have middle schoolers or high schoolers, this is a prayer time that you can do as a family. It's 9 to 10 minutes if you do the audio or you read through it. It's a chance to memorize scripture. It's, it's a chance to pray together as a family to read through God's word and to be able to pray that together. So there'll be a link for that below, but if that's something that you're interested in, just a resource to get started in training in godliness as you pay attention to the spiritual life, as you're crafting your rule of life in this specific area, we encourage you to do so. God has created each one of us differently, and the things that work for me may not work for you. But again, it's an intentional and conscious choice to place God at the center of our daily life. For me, that happens if I do it for best if I do it first thing in the morning, starting in God's word, going to prayer, making sure that I'm setting my mind on things above in order to set my day in motion for the rest of the day. As we're talking about creating or crafting a rule of life, we're going to move into the next area. We just got done talking about our spiritual life, and now we're going to talk about our physical life. I think there's a lot of times that we don't think about the fact that our physical body matter when it comes to our walk with God. But if you think about it, what we do with our physical bodies, if we are worn down, if we are tired, if we are out of shape, a lot of those things can affect our decision making. And when it affects our decision making, that can ultimately affect our character. So we need to make sure that we're paying attention to getting enough activity, getting enough rest, making sure that we're paying attention to the things that we're putting in our body so we can be and flourish as God has created us to be. So as we do that, we're going to take a some time and we're going to focus on the way that we can physically care for our bodies as God has designed it to do us so we can ultimately be who God has created us to be. So let's continue to talk about our physical life as we're crafting our rule of life as we follow Jesus. One of my favorite verses um, when it talks about rest and taking care of our bodies is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says this, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So God has designed us. He knows that life here on earth is going to be heavy at times. Well, he knows that we're going to get tired. He's designed us to get rest. And that's why, again, 
the, the, the sun goes down and the moon comes out so that our bodies will rest, that we won't continue to work all the time, but that we'll rest and heal. But our bodies don't just need rest. And I know for the most part, a lot of times what we do is we overwork ourselves. That's sometimes the American way is to overwork. So we need to focus on rest. But sometimes we need to be disciplined in the things that we do. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He says, I do not run like run one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I'm disciplined my body and bring it under strict control. So after preaching to others, I might myself might not be disqualified. And that's what he's saying here. He doesn't run, he doesn't train aimlessly. And the same thing for us when it comes to our physical life is we need to make sure that we're not just doing it aimlessly, that we're disciplined, that there's a purpose for what we're doing. So for us, a lot of times in our culture today, without thinking about it, what we do most of the time is we're on a screen. Whether it's a phone, a computer, playing video games, we find ourselves in front of a screen and we need to be disciplined enough, take our body under strict control and shut that computer screen, turn the phone off, shut the video game off and go be outside, go join a gym, go and do something that's going to bring your heart joy. For me, this has been running. I've talked about this before. Running is so good for me to be able to not only take care of my physical body, but it clears my mind and it helps me to connect with God. And so I would encourage you to find whatever that may be. Maybe for you, it's going for a hike. Maybe for you, it's just a walk around the neighborhood. The idea of, of finding out and creating space to come an hour a day to the gym is just not a reality for you. But for you to go for a hike would be something that you'd be able to do. Maybe for you, it's going out and shooting baskets with your kids, kicking a soccer ball, jumping on the trampoline. Kids, I know that you're familiar with this, but the NFL has this Play 60 initiative where they want you to go outside and play for 60 minutes a day. And not only, is, again, is it good just to be active and moving for our, bodies, for, our body, for our physical bodies, but it's also good for our minds. And so what would it look like for you to play for 60 minutes? And I know you've had a long day at school, you've worked hard, and you've probably got some homework coming. But instead of sitting down and vegging out to a video game or to TV, what does it look like for you to engage your mind, engage your body, and being outside, doing something that's going to help keep your physical body in good shape so that you can flourish in the way that God has created you to flourish? That's how we pay attention to our physical life. This third part that we're going to talk about when it comes to crafting a rule of life is paying specific attention to our relational life. God did not create us to live in isolation, but designed us to live in community with each other. And so we need to pay attention to the company that we keep. One of the things that we've learned over these last couple years is that life can be challenging when we're in isolation, that, our, that we do not do well there, that we need to have community. And we need to pay attention to that. We need to make sure that we are carving time out to make sure we are spending it with others, but making sure that we're spending it with the right people. Let's talk about that a little bit more. As I said earlier, the people that we spend time with matter. It's something that we need to pay attention to. In Romans chapter 12 verses 1-2, Paul says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. If we're not going to conform to the image of this world, we need to pay attention 
to the people that we're spending time with. Growing up, um, I was on the high school basketball team, middle school basketball team, and I was also involved in my youth group. And when I was thinking about this, this is the idea that came to mind. When I was playing basketball or on those sports teams and, sp and spending the majority of my time with those people, I acted like they acted. A lot of times my language probably wasn't the best. The decisions, the things that we talked about were probably not God's best for me to be doing. But when I spent a lot of time with those people uh, or in, in that specific group, that's what I found myself doing. At the same time, I was really involved in my youth group at church. And when I was involved with those guys there, the things that I thought about were different. The way that I talked was more God-honoring because I was surrounded by those who were encouraging me to live in a right way, to live at peace with others, to love well, to pursue righteousness. All of these things, my group, my youth group encouraged me to do that. And when I spent time with them, I felt the benefit of how I acted. I could sense the difference in my character than when I spent most of my time with my basketball friends. So what, what are we supposed to do that? What I don't want you to hear me say, I'm not saying that we as followers of Jesus should not be spending time with others who maybe think differently than we do, who maybe aren't following Jesus. No, I think it's really important. If we're gonna live on mission for God, we do need to spend time with those who think differently than us, that act differently than us. But it's important for us to pay attention to who are we spending the majority of our time with? Who are we spending time with that, are, that is really helping to shape who we are? So maybe that's spending time with your small group. Maybe that's spending time with a men's or a women's group. Those people that you're going to get coffee. Those people who really have an access to speak into your life. Can look at your finances. Those people who can look at how you're caring for your body. Those people who can look to hold you accountable. Are you doing those things with the spiritual way of life that we've talked about? People who can speak into that. If those people are followers of Jesus, and if we are spending our time in those are the people who are helping us form who God has created us to be, it's important for us to pay attention to that. We're not designed to be and to live in a Christian country club where all we spend our time is with people that follow Jesus. We do need to be with others. But those closest to us, those people that we're in community with, those people that we're doing life with, it's better for our soul, it's better for our life as we're crafting this rule of life and looking at our relationships. It's important for, to make sure that those people have a presence in our life, an important presence, a specific presence, to make sure that we are being the people that God has created us to be. So we're coming to the close of our service today. And as a reminder again, we're talking about what it means to craft a rule of life. We've looked at the spiritual component of that. We looked at the physical component of that. And now we've looked, and we just finished up talking about the relational component of that. What I'd like to move to now is to look at the biblical component for this rule of life. I think we get a beautiful picture in Acts of what the early church did, what their rule of life looked like as they started to follow Jesus and create this new follower of Jesus community. Let's take a look at that. I'd like to take a look in Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. And here we see the rule of life that the early followers of Jesus had as they were starting to craft this community. Starting verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They, they sold their, their possessions and their property and distributed to the proceeds all who had any need. 
Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Every day the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. So here we get to see a little bit of the early church's rule of life. They broke bread together. They prayed. They listened to the apostles' teaching and applied it to their life. They went to the temple and worshipped together. They sold their possessions and shared with anyone who had need. And the Lord added to their number daily. And I don't think we talk about that a whole lot. This isn't a, a church growth plan or purpose. But what this is, is this is a way of life that was attractive to those who were around them. They saw the love that they had for each other. They saw the intentionality in which they lived their life. And that was attractive. It was, it was purposeful. Their joyful hearts that they lived their life with as they shared meals together was attractive to those around them. And that's how we live on mission for God, is by demonstrating and living the life that God has created us to live, to flourish in, for others to, to see, and inviting them into that. Inviting them into that space. That's how we make followers who make followers of Jesus when we live the life that God has created us to live. When we're intentional, when we're conscious about making God the center of our daily life, we can do that. That's why, again, we encourage you, click on the link below. Get a rule of life book if you don't have one. That Also, you, if you have one, maybe revisit it again. The first time we did it, we talked about making sure that you did it with one other person. That it wasn't something that you did in isolation, but whether it was a spouse, a close friend, uh, a roommate, something like that. Someone who knows you well that can speak into this, that you guys would walk through that together so that you could create a life that would be attractive for others to see because you are flourishing in the way that God has created you to flourish. Now, another thing that you could do as you're looking to 2022 is, is get into God's Word. And we're going to start a new sermon series in January where we're going to talk about the Proverbs. And what we are challenging our church to do is every day to read the proverb that corresponds with that day. There are 31 Proverbs, and there are 31 days in January. And so what we're encouraging everyone to do is on that corresponding day, read that proverb. So on January 1, as a church, we are encouraging everyone to read Proverbs 1. And on down, Proverbs 15 will happen on January 15th. And on January 31st, we will read Proverbs 31 together as a church. And each week we'll dive a little bit deeper in the sermon, but as a church body, we're immersing ourselves in the wise teachings of Jesus, of God. And doing that on a daily basis with the hopes that all of us will continue to cultivate and create a habit of us being in God's word together in community, being able to talk about that at small group, in your men's group, maybe you have an accountability group, maybe just some friends at lunch that's, that, you're, uh, that you have lunch with on a regular basis. You can talk about these things that God's doing. Again, we are encouraging everyone, let's make 2022 the best year yet. Let's make sure that we are paying attention, making sure that God is at the center of our life, doing that intentionally and consciously, crafting rule of life so that we can flourish in how he's created us. Let me pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your patience with us, Lord. We know that we are in transformation right now, that we are constantly being formed, Lord, and we want to be formed by you. We want to be formed through your Spirit's work in our life, through time spent in your word, to spending time with other brothers and sisters, Lord. We want to create and cultivate a life that is saturated with you. So I pray in advance for 2022, Father, that you would go before us, that we would follow you 
and would, we would be, begin to take steps in making sure that you are at the center of our daily life. Father, I pray that, that we would do this as a church family, not only for the betterment for us personally, not only for the betterment of our church, but also, Lord, for the betterment of, the, of our community around us. For the places that we find ourselves in, Lord, I pray that we can be the people that you've created us to be so that we can be a greater influence for you in the greater Lafayette area. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.